0: This week's episode of the Getting to Know podcast is brought to you by our talent management platform, Grow at Nina. Employees, don't forget the annual year-end evaluation will soon be here. This will be you and your manager's opportunity to evaluate your progress against the objectives you set at the start of the year. We're committed to helping our employees grow personally and professionally. For more information, visit the Grow at Nina page on Connect.
1: Hey everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm lucky here to be joined by Kelly Clark. You may have once known her as Kelly Yeager, our product marketing manager for our labels business. Kelly, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to join us today on the Getting to Know podcast.
0: Yeah, it's good to be here.
1: Good to have you here. Now, you sit like, I don't know, 20 feet from my desk, so I probably shouldn't have to get you know, get a podcast going to get to know you a little bit, but I'm looking forward to the opportunity. So t- tell, tell us a little bit about your role as a product marketing manager on the Labels business.
0: So as a product marketing manager, I think there've been several product marketing managers on the podcast previously. And if I remember right, a lot of them have described their role as the glue in the business. And I would generally agree with that. We report up through the marketing function. So if you think about marketing 101, the four P's of marketing, product, price, place, and promotion, that's really what my job deals with on a daily basis for the labels category.
1: How long have you been in that particular role?
0: I've been in this role for just about two years, but I've been with Nina for eight and a half so I came to Nina by way of the FiberMark acquisition. Was in sales at that time. When Nina acquired FiberMark, I continued in sales with the publishing group. Finished my MBA in supply chain. So I moved into a customer logistics position with the supply chain team, and then two years ago, moved into marketing.
1: So what's been the biggest? challenge for you going from sales to customer logistics to marketing from a learning standpoint?
0: So sales to customer logistics, um, the challenge was lacking real life experience in supply chain. So all of my background had come from my education in supply chain, which is great in theory, but our business is really complex. So there are a lot of nuances that you wouldn't necessarily know unless you had been in a real life role in supply chain. So that was the that was the trickiest part with that transition. Supply chain to marketing wasn't as tricky as I think one might think, because I had a pretty good understanding of the business, at least operationally, logistics, sales I think that almost made my transition to marketing a little bit easier and specifically on the product development side I had a better understanding and appreciation for how we manufacture and how we operate.
1: So you you mentioned your education in supply chain did you did you major in supply chain or operations or
0: yeah my undergrad was in um, business with a minor in economics and then my MBA, Uh, had an emphasis in supply chain and operations management.
1: Got it. So in which institutions were you matriculating back in those days?
0: So I graduated from North Dakota State University in Fargo. Okay. That's where I got my undergrad. And then after I graduated college, I moved to Kansas City, Missouri for my first girl job. And at that point, I had worked for a couple of years and decided that it's really hard to meet people and make friends when you're not in a school setting. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go back to school and try and meet some like-minded people and grow my network. So that's ultimately why I got my MBA. And then supply chain and operations just kind of felt felt right at the time.
1: So operations, supply chain, and social network all... Wrapped into one educational experience. That's good. So, you went to school in Fargo. Are you from kind of that upper? Is that officially upper Midwest? Is that what we would consider that? I
0: would consider that upper Midwest. Yeah. Um, I'm from Minnesota. Okay. Bounced around quite a bit growing up. Guess in my travels, I maybe have lost my northern accent. But you know, when I go back to Fargo and see a lot of my college friends. It's funny how quickly I remember what that accent sounds like. So, uh, yeah, coast to coast, I've lived in a good spread of the U.S. Now I'm in Georgia. That's the farthest south I've ever lived. But, uh, yeah, happy to be here. I don't know if I'm really a southern belle at this point, but...
1: It takes time. It takes time. I I grew up in the Midwest. I've been south of the Mason-Dixon line since college, and I don't quite feel southern yet, so... So you were born in Minnesota when you bounced around. It wasn't just throughout Minnesota. It sounds like you've been kind of coast to coast. So moved around a lot as a kid from state to state as well.
0: Yeah. um, My dad's job took us all around the country. A lot of people ask if it was military. It was not. He was in the food business, manufacturing, food manufacturing, meat processing specifically. So as part of his career path, you know, as companies get acquired as the breadwinner of the family, you move where the job is. So, sure. you know, we started in central Minnesota, moved to California, lived in northern California for a couple of years, back to Minnesota, western New York, Omaha, Nebraska. And then, of course, I took myself to North Dakota, Missouri, and now Georgia.
1: Yeah, you, you definitely have covered some ground. So what's the best city in which you've lived?
0: That's tough. So Kansas City, I think is probably the most influential city that I've lived in.
1: Is that just age and point in your life?
0: Yes, definitely. And, and the longevity. I lived there for 10 years. Okay. And that was the first place that I had moved outside of college on my own. I felt like that really tested, tested me personally and professionally. In fact, the job that I moved there for, I only worked there for three days and then I quit. And at that point, my parents said, well, why don't you come back? Why don't you move back home? And I said, no, I'm going to figure it out. And um, I did. It was not an easy, easy part of my development. But, I, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger.
1: For sure. For sure. So what's the best city that you've been to? that you haven't lived in that you would consider living in?
0: So I love Las Vegas. I got married in Las Vegas. I got engaged in Las Vegas. A lot of people here at Nina know that Vegas is like my second home. Okay. Sometimes I think that I would want to live there, but then, you know, would the novelty wear off? Would it not be as fun? Would I not love it as much? I don't know. Yeah. So I, I'd like to think I would enjoy living in Las Vegas.
1: Do you do Vegas as like, Woohoo, it's Vegas, or do you do like traditional shows and stuff, or you just know your way around that it's just a trip, like a like a borderline local?
0: Yep, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, we spend most of our time on the strip. We're not big gamblers. Okay. But the food, the shows, the music, just the energy of the city.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, definitely, definitely energy. You mentioned we and I know you're Kelly Clark. You were Kelly Yeager when I met you. So tell me about We.
0: So my husband, Tyler, we got married two and a half years ago.
1: In Vegas.
0: Yeah, in Vegas. And I have just committed to his last name this year. So COVID definitely complicated the paperwork part of that. But I'm slowly making my legal transition to Clark
1: and if I'm not mistaken, you have some, at least a, very important like fur baby in your life. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, yep. tell us about that.
0: So Duncan is a three-year-old Norwegian Elkhound, and if you're familiar with the breed, you know that he'll he probably gets mistaken for an Akita or a Keeshond. But if if you're not familiar with any of those breeds. He kinda looks like a mix between a German Shepherd and a Husky. So okay. he's got a dark face, double coat, fluffy tail, big boy. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Is uh do one of those have the spot on the tongue or is that a
0: I think that's a what chow am I chow.
1: Ch- yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I was you had me at fluffy tongue. That's what <laughs> That's what I think got me there. So married two and a half years, uh, COVID, you know, certainly uh, had an impact on a lot of things, including but not limited to your last name, uh, or what you were officially going by. From a business standpoint, how has COVID impacted you on a day to day basis?
0: Um, Me personally. So I think working from home probably was the biggest transition for most people, but Because I had been in sales for so long, working remotely, I was really comfortable working from home. Both my supply chain position and sales position were all remote. So for me, moving to to Georgia, the biggest transition was going to an office every day. So I actually felt very comfortable during COVID having to work from home. Some people either feel really disciplined when they're at home or they've got a lot of distractions. And you know, fortunately for me, I don't have kids that had to do homeschooling or Duncan is you know pretty self-sufficient so my husband is a physical therapist so he wasn't at home either he was working in the hospital so I it was it's was pretty nice
1: so my guess is Duncan's a really super important part of your life and I've heard a lot of stories in fact so we have three labs but my wife is home most of the time but she claims that the dogs were even a little different once the kids started going back out and about. i Is it fair to assume Duncan had quite a transition once you, you guys started heading out to the office again?
0: Yeah. When we moved here, I actually asked my husband not to find a job right away to help Duncan transition to mom not being home. So <laughs> he he was gracious enough to give me a month and a half of daddy daycare.
1: That's nice. So,
0: you know, Good Duncan man. was kind of warmed up to the fact that mom wasn't home every day and now with Nina Flex, I do work a couple days a week at home, so I think Duncan has gotten into a pattern. Dogs are like kids, right? They need routine. Yep. They need to know what they what their expectations are, so he's a great boy.
1: How how are you finding Nina Flex working for you? And, and for Vishal and those around you?
0: I think it, it's a really nice, flexible work arrangement. And for me, and I think a lot of people my age, like that's something that we really look for um, to have flexibility. I read a couple of years ago, I don't remember where, but the article, the essence was, if you can work on a treadmill and you can do your job on a treadmill and be effective, why does it matter where you're working? And I totally subscribe to that. So... I'm not necessarily advocating that, you know, I want to, I want to work on the beaches of Hawaii, although if Michelle signed up for that, I would, you know, not, not disagree with him. But yeah, I think it, it gives a lot of people flexibility. Obviously, it gives them value when, when people feel like they're trusted to be working in whatever environment, you know, employees, that level of trust almost makes them better workers, I think, or,
1: yeah, I, I think you're right. That's 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 certainly the the upside there. Um, I'm probably closer to one end of the spectrum on on this. I know it's a big adjustment for for some people, but like the blue sky part of me says, look if we're clear about what it is that someone's going after and how we can measure success, why do I why do I care where the hell they are doing that? As long as we can drive the outcomes that we're we're, we're looking for, and you know, clearly, it's not you know, it doesn't work as well for every role or every individual, but, you know, it's, it's really about creating dialogue as much as we can. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're having, having a good experience with that. So what do you guys do for fun? You and Tyler and Duncan, when you're not doing everything related to pricing and placement and promotion on labels,
0: we like to travel and I would say even during COVID you know once restrictions started to ease up we were probably more eager to travel than a lot of other at least other people that i've talked to at Nina so all of our family is spread out tyler's from Kansas City lived in Kansas City his entire life my family because of our moves we're all kind of spread out so just traveling to see family even if you're not necessarily going on a vacation you know we really just love getting out of town
1: yeah does Duncan come along with you or
0: no he doesn't he's not we're not good road trippers really I can only spend like three and a half hours in the car and that's my max and Duncan's even worse he's probably 30 minutes in the car and he's over it so he stays at home we've got a pet sitter who comes and stays at our house with them and you know he's just more comfortable that way
1: gotcha gotcha so with your love of travel and the desire to get out, maybe more than the average you know person and or couple, what would you say at this point would be your ideal travel destination?
0: Hmm. You know, I've been to I've been to quite a few places. We went to Australia right before COVID hit last year, so we were probably one of the the lucky ones to get a vacation in um, in 2012. Was it Sydney
1: or Melbourne or both? Sydney,
0: yeah. I've got a, a girlfriend from college. She's American. She married an Australian. And uh, five years ago, she just said, I'm leaving Minneapolis and I'm moving to Sydney and we're going to figure this out. So, Different accent. Yeah. So they, they hosted us. They just had a baby. That was nice to see them and be in Australia. But, you know, Europe is nice. There's a lot of history there. But I would say going back to Asia, there's just something about how. Unwestern it is, but it feels so familiar. And I, I don't know how else to describe it. I think if you've been to Asia, you maybe can understand what I'm saying. I studied abroad in South Korea during my MBA. So that was like a really impactful part of my entire MBA experience. So definitely somewhere in Asia, maybe Japan.
1: Yeah, gotcha. I, I, I'm a big fan of Japan. I spent a lot of time in China and Hong Kong and a little bit in Southeast Asia. Now you're you're a very tall person, are you not? Or are these huge heels that I see you in from a distance? You're tall. That's a long I'm trip. Tall. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm 5'11". Okay. My dad is 6'6". My mom is 5'8". So I guess for the average woman, she's probably pretty tall. And then I've got two older sisters. One is 6'1". Uh, and the other one's 5'8", 5'7".
1: All of the women in my extended family are tall. My my oldest daughter is 5'11". She's not afraid to strap on some huge heels, which I think is so cool. I have a cousin who says she's 5'13", because she didn't want to say she was your, your sister's height. But I think, that's, I think that's great. I think her, her mentality on that was, was old school. But coming from a tall family obviously doesn't dissuade you from jumping on a long flight. You're willing to deal with that discomfort?
0: Yeah. I mean, there are so many little, I guess, not tricks, but gadgets for air travel now my sister got me this it's kind of like a foot hammock that you hang on the back of your tray table so you can elevate your feet in like a swinging I don't even know how to describe it it's like a foot hammock but it takes like the pressure off your hips when you're sitting for these long haul flights
1: that's great yeah that's great so where are you in the in the birth order
0: I'm the youngest
1: the youngest I, I
0: should have asked you if you could have guessed where I was in the birth order because you you know, listening to these podcasts, you I'm are... very
1: interested in <laughs> it. I don't know that I'm great at choosing it or, or, or identifying it, but I, I find it interesting. So how much younger are you than than the others?
0: We're all three years separate. So my older sister oldest sister is six years and then my older sister is three years older than me.
1: Are they pretty well spread out? Have they have they continued the, the same Jaeger trend of moving around?
0: Yeah. My oldest sister is a teacher Okay, and uh, she has settled in the Minneapolis area. Her husband is from that area also, so that made sense for them. And then my middle sister, she's in Cleveland and um, she moved around quite a bit with her job also, mostly with the same company. And she's she does remote sales, so she works from her home in Cleveland. But of all the places she's lived, she loves Ohio.
1: Gotcha. So... I asked you about the ideal vacation spot. Let's stay on that kind of theme around, let's call it perfection. What would your perfect day at Nina look like, Kelly?
0: Oh, we have all of the raw materials to make all of the products that all of the customers are asking for. That would be the perfect day. Unfortunately, we're in a situation right now where we are pretty far from perfection, if that's if that's uh, our ideal of perfection. You know, I what I love about product management is kind of how I started this podcast with the four P's. It's a little bit different every day. And I think that's been pretty common through, you know, any function at Nina. It sounds like a lot of people also have, you know, there's not one day that's super predictable or that follows the same route. But, you know, from somebody who was in sales, I, I don't do well sitting still for a long time. So while I physically am working in an office, I can keep my mind moving. And, you know, by, you know, one day spending time on pricing promotion, next day spending time on development, that kind of keeps my mind from, from being idle, even though I physically might be idle.
1: Gotcha. So on a personal front, what's the, what's the perfect day look like there?
0: Oh, probably waking up at 5.30 with Duncan jumping on the bed, as he always does. Maybe my husband bringing me a cup of coffee, slowly easing into the day. Yeah, I I feel like I'm kind of a homebody for as much as I like to travel. I do really enjoy just spending time doing nothing at home, sitting outside on the patio. And I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a big nature person, but a couple, couple drinks or cups of coffee outside. Is really the extent of my outdoorsiness.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. That works. That works. Now, you got here by way of the Fibermark acquisition. Is that also what brought you to the greater Atlanta area?
0: So, yeah. So I was with Fibermark um, in Kansas City, had done my sales, remote sales from my home in Kansas City. The product marketing job that I have today that's actually what brought me to Atlanta so when I was in supply chain I was still working out of my home in Kansas City and then I think just from a from a team standpoint all of the product managers for industrial solutions are here in Alpharetta it made a lot of sense for me to also be physically in Alpharetta so that's um that's how we got to Georgia
1: and, and has that been eight and a half years or no, that's just two, eight and a half? Two
0: years in Georgia, eight and a half between Fibermark and Nina.
1: Got it. Got it. So your first gig out of school was in sales. Is that right?
0: My first gig out of school was at a pork processing plant, also known as a slaughterhouse,
1: Okay, just
0: outside of Kansas City. So I worked on the assembly line at a slaughterhouse for three days.
1: And And that's, uh, that answers my next question around (laughs) why you made it two or three days in your first job. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So my dad, you know, growing up, he had been in the meat industry and my, my oldest sister, like I said, is a teacher, my middle sister is a lawyer. And so it was up to me to kind of be in the family business. And as I was getting ready to graduate undergrad, my dad so kindly sent my resume out to a bunch of his contacts and you know, being a child of somebody who's worked in that environment, I wasn't I wasn't shy about you know seeing how the sausage is made, so to speak. So the position was intended to be like a, a quality tech. So yes, I would have been in a manufacturing environment, but it wasn't it wasn't actually working on the line. So they relocated me to Kansas City from Fargo. And after I realized the job was true line work, that's kind of when I said this is not what I signed up for. Thank you very much.
1: Understandable. I've never uh, worked in an environment like that. Uh, I did work for a company who owned a big baseball brand. And so the facilities where they would like tan the leather were tough (laughs) for me. It was uh, not the environment that I that I would would want to be in every day. I'm, I'm yeah, not sure. Although, not thank, you know, thank goodness there are people that, that, that do that for us. So definitely did not grow up wanting to be a pork quality technician. Is that what the title was?
0: Yeah. Pork processing quality tech, something like that.
1: All right. So you didn't grow up wanting that as a young lady. What what was your dream as a as a kid? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up?
0: I thought I was going to be a dentist and I was going to have nine children that's what I told everybody I want nine kids right. and I want to be a dentist and I suppose maybe on a dentist's salary you could afford to have nine children but yeah you know here I am now I, I'm still not sure that I want any children and Tyler's on the same page so it's funny how, how your mind shifts when you're
1: well you seem to take meticulous care of your of your teeth great dental yeah, hygiene so yes. you got that out of the dream right yes that's that's good. That's good. What's your coolest childhood memory moving around with the, the, the whole crew?
0: Oh, um, I, I mean, at the time, so I moved at really kind of pivotal points in my adolescent development. The first move was right before I was going into eighth grade. And at that point, my oldest sister was already out of the house. So my middle sister was moving as a junior in high school, which catastrophic, right? So it was good that she and I both were in the same kind of situation. But then when we moved again, I was going into my junior year of high school, she was out of the house. So I was kind of this lone wolf, just really upset and frustrated with how could my parents do this to me. So As an adult now, I almost crave this kind of change of scenery and definitely going to college, you know, it made, moving around made the transition a heck of a lot easier, not only to make friends, but just to adapt. So that's really the coolest part of moving around is that it's given me a lot of these soft skills. You know, being adaptable is, I wouldn't say it's necessarily simul, synonymous with spontaneous cuz I definitely wouldn't describe myself as spontaneous but it's given it's made me more flexible how's that
1: Yeah I I think that's really cool I I admire that it's one of those things I recognize that I am the other side of it and so I admire that my my wife moved around a lot I'm the son of a fireman we never moved around at all and then when opportunities presented themselves in our family for us to go. The the biggest one is I ended up just commuting for four years because I didn't want to quote, do that to the kids. <laughs> Though my wife looks at it like you do, like use that as, you know, a great experience that they're going to to learn from later so um so that is cool I think th- those are those are really great things whether they feel great in the moment or not mm-hmm. I-, I think you're right from an adaptability and you know a- ability to just kind of jump in and make the best of a-, of a situation so that's cool are you guys music fans at all
0: we are I am a big fan of like EDM dance music which might make sense that I like Vegas so much yeah um, my husband i guess by way of osmosis being around me he's he's had an appreciation for that kind of music he's probably more rock he loves the beatles so he likes kind of old school rock
1: so with the dance music like you guys are going to vegas and like clubbing and like you guys <laughs> getting down in the clubs and stuff
0: i mean yes and no that's cool like,
1: that's great i I, mean, I wish i i wish i had any ability to do anything like that i do i do not
0: yeah i i don't know what it is about the music like some people say it gives them a headache for me it kind of puts me into like a trance like a just a really relaxed state and yeah the rhythmic the beats i mean we could have a podcast about edm music and
1: <laughs> was that like was your wedding song in vegas some kind of like Crazy dance music. No,
0: it wasn't. Um it was actually a Matt Carney song, Kings and Queens. I don't know if you've heard that okay. one, but yeah, that was yeah. it I, it has like a the beep drops in the middle of it, so there was kind of an homage to, yeah. to dance, electronic dance music. But yeah, I don't know where this affinity for dance music came from. I used to listen to a lot of Britney Spears and in some of her like later albums it gets kind of techno-y, so maybe that's where I okay. Where I picked
1: it up. Have you watched the um, the Britney Spears documentary? I'm forgetting the name of it. I've heard great no, things. No, is it the one it.
0: about her guardianship? No, I have yes. not seen that.
1: Yeah. No, I've, I've heard really good things. I haven't, I haven't seen it either. So I had the opportunity to meet your beau recently. We were at a Braves game. And at the time that we were talking, um, for those of you not from Atlanta... There's this uh, feature they have at the Braves Stadium. I guess it's Truist Park, in which a guy comes out. He's known as the Freeze. He's dressed like you know in tights, and he's a very fast man. And he gives some lucky fan a big head start, and they race around the warning track in the outfield. And I think the Freeze, as far as I know, has only lost one time. But Kelly and 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 Tyler and I were talking about that feature at the game so here's my question to you kelly if you could choose one nina colleague that you think could put up a decent match for the freeze and we could get him or her out on the field for a race who would you choose
0: um val henderson and because she runs marathon half marathons i don't know if she's ever ran a marathon but she's definitely ran half marathons, so she trains. She's She'd really fit. Yes, I would. I would put Val against the Freeze any day.
1: All right, that's something we need to need to pay some attention to. Maybe for, maybe for the next trip we take down down into the city for the game. I like it. Is that a common place? You guys are you, are you guys sports fans? You go down to Braves games or Hawks games or?
0: We are sports fans. Obviously, being in Kansas City my husband's entire life. He's a huge Kansas city chiefs fan. So, um, I have again, by osmosis become a huge Kansas city chiefs fan. So football is really our professional sport. I also love hockey. So, you know, being in Minnesota and North Dakota, that makes a lot of sense down here in the South. It's hard to find other hockey fans, but you know, St. Louis is my team from NHL standpoint.
1: Gotcha. I, I, Probably demonstrated this well on the podcast. I'm a huge Raiders fan, so I hate the Chiefs. It is impossible, even for a Raiders fan, to not like Patrick Mahomes. So I, it just makes me dislike the Chiefs that much more for having a quarterback that's so damn good. Who I can't even hate because he's so he's so good and so likable. So a <laughs> uh, couple couple questions, and then we'll we'll head into the final questions that we ask everybody at the end of every Getting to Know podcast. But what would you say? is the very best part of your gig right now as product marketing manager for labels?
0: Uh, the best part, and this maybe is a function of working in a matrixed organization, but the best part is being able to touch a lot of different functions and work with different groups at Nina. So on a really regular basis, I'm working with sales. I'm working with R&D, ops supply chain, you know, being physically in Alpharetta that gives me an opportunity to work with some of our leadership too. So that's, that's really the best part for me is just having that exposure and networking with all parts of the business.
1: That's great. That's great. So what, what has kept you here for over eight and a half years by the time this getting to know podcast airs?
0: Oh, the people, the opportunity. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity at Nina. The industrial solutions side, we're pretty lean. So yeah, I don't know that I would say there's a huge opportunity within our group, at least from like a, you know, where in in your career do you want to advance? But, you know, our businesses, as much as they are different, there's a lot of similarities. So what we don't have on industrial solutions the knowledge that I've built on this side of the business, I think would translate fairly well to other parts of Nina. So, you know, while we go to market differently, that would certainly be something to learn. The products are different, but really the foundation is pretty similar. So yeah, the opportunity at Nina, the people are great. I I mean, we're a small, big company, big, small company. I don't really know how to big, phrase it. small, that, small,
1: big, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I feel like the people really care about each other, like on yeah. a personal level. And, you know, I feel, I hope my colleagues feel the same way about me, that I care about them. So, yeah, it's like a, a little family.
1: Yeah, yep, great. So if you could go back and give some advice to the pork quality tech Coordinator version of you. Let's just call it what it I, is: I, a
0: slaughterhouse worker. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> the early career version of Kelly Clark. What would your advice be?
0: Oh, th- this is something that I still have to remind myself of today. But you don't have to swing at every pitch, to use a sports analogy. I have a tendency to get really passionate about everything that I do, and. I gotta pick my battles sometimes and be better about that. So yeah, that, that's an ongoing piece of advice that is, that is on replay in my head.
1: Good, good Good for you. I also like how you said that. As, as a big baseball fan, I've never heard it said that way. I like that, I like that better than pick your battles, but that's a challenge for me, both personally and professionally, one that I, too am, am aware of and try, try to try to work on. But that's, that's good. That's uh, certainly very valuable. Advice. If you could wave the proverbial magic wand, Kelly, and change one thing about our fine organization, what would it be?
0: This is a good one. Um, I love this question. For me, I have a passion around mental health. And a lot of people who know me know that, like my husband and I, we go to marriage counseling. And it's not because our marriage is on the rocks. It's we prioritize our emotional and our mental health just like you do your physical health, your spiritual health. So while Nina does a great job of of highlighting the benefits around, you know, fitness center reimbursements and wellness credits on your insurance, I would love to see a benefit for like a mental health reimbursement or, you know, some sort of counselor therapy. You know, the EAP is fine, but if you have a therapist who you've been going to for a long time to start over and find someone new, like that's sometimes easier said than done.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's, I, I, look, I, I think that's great perspective. I, I think that's, um, that's something we should look into. And, you know, there's, as you said earlier, there's so much opportunity. And so I've been here a little over a year now and, you know, too often, Going back to your comment about not swinging at every pitch, too often I let the urgent overwhelm me, and we don't get to the important. But one of the important things I think, as we look at kind of the employee experience that we offer, you know, to all of our employees is around what what benefits we offer. And I think we do have we we, we have a we have a nice package. Um, conversations that I've had with the team you know, I, I, I think we, we've just, at, at some point we've got to prioritize figuring out like what's important and then let's, let's, let's go toward that. So if it's, if we want to be family centric, let's look at our, you know, maternity paternity kind of, kind of stuff. And if it's, you know, if it's truly wellness, let's, let's, let's look at that more broadly beyond the physical. So something we should definitely look at. So Kelly, you mentioned as we were getting on here that, um, you have listened to most, if not, all of the Getting to Know podcast. So I'm curious, what have I not asked you that I should ask you to help the Getting to Know podcast audience really get to know you? And after that, what would you like to encourage me to ask in future podcasts of our various guests?
0: So you asked it already, what keeps me at Nina? I think that's super telling about our culture So I'm glad that you asked me that. Uh, I don't think I've heard you ask others that yet, but I might be a little bit rusty on which podcasts I've listened to.
1: No, you. you, Well, you inspired it. I I don't. I certainly haven't asked that a lot, but but if if, if I have at all, but yeah, that's a great point. It's kind of the payoff pitch, if you will. It's it's you know when it comes down to it, you know what what's most important and why are you here? Mm
0: -hmm. I think the other thing is. Why did you come to Nina? What brought you to Nina? So kind of hear both sides of the story. What brought you here and what keeps you here? I think that'd be really interesting.
1: Okay. Got it. You ask and you'll receive. We'll you work those <laughs> in going forward. Uh, well, Kelly, I uh, appreciate your, your time. Before we let you get out of here, there are three questions we ask every guest of the Getting, Getting to Know podcast, as you well know. So I'm going to hit you with those right now. The first of which is what can always at all times all times of the year doesn't matter the holiday the season what can always be found in your refrigerator
0: i am really surprised i've not heard this response from anybody before and i don't know if it's a midwest thing or what but baking soda i always have baking soda in my refrigerator growing up we always had it and you know, I don't even know if my friends have baking soda in their refrigerator. It's just not something that comes up in conversation. But I guess I just assumed that everybody has baking soda. In their that's
1: refrigerator. A, that's yeah, it's interesting because I think people tend to think, what am I going to consume out of my refrigerator with that question? But I think you're talking about the other benefits that come from from that. And I actually, that's an interesting question. I don't know if that's a Midwestern thing, but my wife considers herself a Midwesterner and I'm a Midwesterner and we have baking soda in the refrigerator. So <laughs> okay. that's, uh, that's very interesting. Second question. So amongst those who know you well, Kelly Clark, what would you say you're most famous for?
0: Having the worst poker face, oh, yeah? which is probably funny because I love Vegas so much, but I'm not a big gambler. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I have of super visceral reaction to almost everything that I hear. And I think, you know, hopefully I have an expressive face, but yeah, I've got, I've got a really bad poker face. I cannot hide my emotions.
1: I, uh, I have a boss who would give you a run for the money on a terrible poker face, but I generally think that's good. I don't want to be surprised. And I've, I've had a couple of, uh, couple of our colleagues who sit right near you say to me for years that I'm you know they say it in a kind of shitty way they're like oh you're the worst liar and I'm like oh I'm I'm so sorry that I am not better at lying (laughs) to you Uh, so I think that's a good quality I'm I'm glad to hear that last question for you so what are you Kelly looking forward to most right this very moment
0: seeing my sister and one of my best friends they're coming into town next weekend so we're gonna take them to the north georgia wineries and take get him some to club
1: the- dance music going yeah and-
0: just have a dance party in the backyard yeah. <laughs> yeah that's
1: great that's great so they'll be here for like a long weekend
0: yeah yep long weekend good.
1: Mm-hmm. good that's great well good good for you great to great to not only begin to get out a little bit more but have have people come in and get out to you so so that's great well, Kelly, look, I, I I very much appreciate you taking taking time to uh, allow me to get to know you a little better and allow the getting to know podcast listening audience that same benefit. Also appreciate the guidance on additional questions for us to make sure we we pepper future guests with. So thanks again for your perspective and uh, sharing a little bit about yourself with with us today. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. It was fun for sure. For those of you in the listening audience, thanks for your time. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Kelly a little bit, and we'll talk to you again in two more weeks.